Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Good day to all of you. Today is our first M&M for the new year for 2023. So today we're going to be studying Psalm 1. And we're going to be looking at this, how it applies to us, how it is such an important study for us to do, and the choices that lie before us in this new year. I'll be right back. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Okay, let's kick it off. We are in Psalm 1 today. I generally like to study the Bible with the NASB, but I also have the ESV, the English Standard Bible Translation Study Bible in front of me today. I really do wish you could see my desk. Um, When I study, it tends to be a messy thing. I have printed out our passage in its entirety, Psalm One is only six verses long. And then I have my personal Bible here that is all marked up and actually falling apart. I need to get it rebound. I have my study Bible. I have my journal with all of my notes in it. I have a couple of pens and a couple of pencils. And I have a glass of water. And I'm so glad that you've joined me today. 
Remember that you can go over to the website, rachelcarmen.com, and download a PDF study guide packet for all of the M&Ms this year. You can go over there for more information on those. Obviously, you can study it on your own, and I hope that you will. This entire series, there'll be one a month, usually at the first of each month. And I hope that you will take time to literally dive and dig into God's Word and see what the Holy Spirit would teach you as you spend time in the Word of God. So since this one is so brief, I'm going to read this psalm in its entirety, and then we're going to go back and literally take it apart. Our time together is not lengthy enough for us to get into every last thing that there is here to teach us. So I hope that if you've got a good study Bible with cross-references, that you will take the time to cross-reference this and learn what is here, because there is literally so, so much here. But let's just begin with reading the entire passage before we start to take it apart and see what we can learn. All right, Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is a pretty straightforward psalm that we're looking at this time as we start our series. And right off the bat, we see clearly that there's this contrast between the righteous and the wicked. And I just want to start out by making this point that carries through this entire Psalm 1. But actually, this is a microcosmic example of the contrast that is actually through all of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. There are two choices for the way that you and I can live. You and I can choose to live as the righteous, those who are endeavoring to follow hard after God, to trust and obey Him and honor Him in word and deed, or we can choose to live like the wicked. And the really important thing that I want you to see here, even in the beginning of this new year, even as we're looking at Psalm 1, what I I really want to make sure we're clear on is there are only two choices. There's a whole narrative out there that has been getting more and more traction and becoming more and more popular, that there's actually a third option, that it's possible to camp out in some neutral zone, some gray area where you don't have to choose. And there's this idea that you are perfectly safe in this gray area. You don't have to pick between righteous and wicked. And I just want to make it clear today, I believe scripture makes this clear, that is a lie from the enemy. That gray zone, that neutral zone that the enemy wants to convince you exists wherein you don't have to make a choice is squarely behind enemy lines. There is no such safe space where you don't have to make a choice. There is a choice to be made. You either follow hard after God or you don't. 
that's that simple. And so we're going to see that contrast here. So let's dig in. Let's start in verse 1, right off the bat, right here, he says that there are three things that the righteous, it's interesting, he doesn't say three things that the wicked do. He says these are three things that the righteous don't do. It's very interesting, right? And I want you to notice that there is a very clear progression here. I've heard it said that the enemy will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And as we look at these three things outlined here, just in verse one, things that the wicked will, excuse me, things that the righteous doesn't do, there is a very clear progression. And I just want to say to you, once you start here, this is the proverbial slippery slope. And there's every step here is danger. So let's start. He says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So I, I want to, I'm trying to expand on these ideas so it's clear to us so that we can understand what the psalmist is saying here. What he's saying here right off the bat is The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't hang out with them. He's not casually curious. Curiosity is one of those things that can get you in deep weeds really, really fast. And the foolish person is casually curious to the point that they start walking in the counsel of the wicked. They start listening to foolishness. They're enticed. They're intrigued. They're immature. We need to make sure that we rein in our curiosity and we don't let it rein us. But that's what we see here. Someone who just starts to hang out. They're just, what? They just wonder. They just have a few questions. So they just sort of walk in the council of the wicked, just sort of hanging out, just sort of casually curious, just sort of listening to what they have to say. Next. How blessed is the man who does not stand in the path of sinners. I hope you can see the difference between just sort of hanging out because now they're standing with them. Now they're happily associated with sinners. They're hanging out with them. They're not just hanging out. They're hanging with. That's a difference. It's a progressive thing. Here we see careless compliance. Now you want to be with them, right? Now these are your peeps, right? You're learning foolishness. When you were just walking with them, you're just listening to it. But now you're learning it because now you're hanging with them. This is your band. These are your friends. Those who are wicked. Those who are not following hard after God. And this is when you see people who are mimicking, who are mocking the righteous, mocking truth, and they're starting to morph, aren't they? They're starting the change. It's happening, right? Because it can't not. Who we hang out with, who we stand around with, who we're learning from, they start to have an influence on us, on what's going on, how we're behaving, right? And that's what we see here. Third, so we have Walking, standing, and now get this, sitting. Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of scoffers. 
Look, this is, you're hanging on their every word. Now you're sitting with them. Now you are a compromised captive. This is different. You have settled in. Settled in. You've become comfortable with wickedness. You have advanced past intrigue and entice. Oh, no, no, you're not there anymore. And you're not just mimicking anymore. Now you have advanced to laughing about foolishness. Now it's a joke to you. It's not even serious anymore, right? And now, sitting in the seat of scoffers, now you're all about rejecting the truth, rebelling against the truth, and you are running as hard and fast as you can away. This is a progression And the psalmist here is sounding a warning. He is saying, these are things that the blessed man does not do. He didn't mess around with this. He doesn't. He didn't walk around it. He didn't stand around it. And he certainly doesn't sit in it. But, here's the contrast word, but is a pivotal conjunction. We have it at the beginning of verse 2. But the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord. Look, I don't know where you are with this whole idea of the law of the Lord, but I would like to interject an idea that you may have never thought of before. The law of the Lord is actually, it could be rephrased like this. It's His loving limits so that we can flourish. As our maker, as our creator, we're made in his image. He wants what's best for us. And so he gives us the law so that we can flourish because he knows what's best for us. He knows how we made us. He knows how we work best. And so he gives us his law and the blessed man delights in that law. But it's even better than that. It's even more than that. It's not just delighting in the law. It's not just taking pleasure in it and enjoying it, being grateful and thankful for the law. It's not just appreciating the law, right? But it says, secondly, that the blessed man meditates on God's law. He meditates on it both day and night. This is beautiful. So not only does he love the law of God, and there's an implication here, though it's not directly stated, that he loves God. He gets who God is. Listener, here's the deal. When you get who God is, it changes everything. It makes all the difference. If you're wondering what is the first step to delighting in the law of God, what is the next step to meditating on the law of God, The first step is getting who God is. In the beginning, God created. It's that God. The one and only true God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. It's that God who has all authority, who is the sovereign reigning king of the universe. The God who loved you so much. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that you could be saved. He made a way where there was no way for you to be saved by sending his only son, the perfect lamb of God, to pay your sin price. That God, 
loves you so much that he has laid out for you how to live, what will best benefit you. And not just benefit you, but benefit all those around you. That God has given you his law to delight in and to meditate on. And when we come back in just a minute, we'll talk about what it looks like to meditate on God's law. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So, we're back now, and I want to talk about this whole idea of meditating because, remember, this is the first episode for our M&M series, and M&M stands for Meditate and Memorize God's Word. And so we have to look at that. I'm pretty confident you know what it means to memorize God's Word, to memorize anything. But meditate is one of those things that it's sort of old. We don't talk about meditating on things much anymore. And we would be well served to take time to meditate on God's Word. In the Old Testament, when the religious leaders would meditate on Torah, God's Word, the first five books, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, when they would meditate on the law of the Lord, they would literally mutter it to themselves, say it over and over to themselves, repeat it to themselves. That's this idea of meditating, just really rolling it over and over and over in your head. And I came up with some other synonyms that might be helpful as you're talking about that, as you're you're thinking about this. It's something that you think about, something that you consider, something you contemplate, you ruminate about, you deliberate on, you muse, right? Something you purposely, intentionally put in your mind and let it roll over and over and over and over and over and over. In Philippians 4, 
the writer of Philippians, Paul, talks about that there are things that we should think on. Think on these things, he says. Go back and, and read and study that passage because the law is, it qualifies as these things that we ought to think on, that we ought to meditate on. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely. All of those things, that's the law of God. And the enemy comes to confuse. The enemy comes to deceive. The enemy comes to lie. And he wants to put all of these things in our head, all of this panic, all of this doubt, all of these questions, all of this chaos, right? He wants to have our minds just a swirl of confusion constantly. And God's word knows that. God knew that. God knew that the enemy was going to come and try to confuse us with all of this other stuff. And that's why his word says, no, no, no. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Think on these things. Meditate on my word. And in this passage, specifically, the blessed man meditates on God's law day and night. Now, now what's the day and night have to do with it anyway? Mom, if you're a mom out there, I know what it's like to be a mom of many. I've got seven. Mine have all graduated now, but I still remember those trench years when everybody was shorter than me, and I was the only one that could buckle anybody in, make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, or help anybody in the restroom. I know that I'm speaking to somebody. Those were tough, tough years, and I had so much going on in my head, so much going on in my mind. And it was so important that I had the truth of God to meditate on and to focus on when things got tough. I can remember all the way back into college, and I'm thinking right now of my kids finishing up a semester and how stressful that can be, or maybe a relationship that can be stressful and panicked, or a situation or circumstance in your life, a conflict of some kind, maybe unemployment. We walked through that for two years. All of these things and these circumstances and these situations can come our way, and we've got to make sure that we have God's Word in our mind to meditate on and to hold on to when life gets hard because life gets hard. And the blessed man has God's word and his law in his heart, and he meditates on it day and night. During the daytime, as you go, as you're walking, as you're living, as you're going through your daily routine, whether it's with small children or with work associates or it's running errands, however it is, maybe it's teaching a classroom, however it is that you've got the law of the Lord rolling around in your head as you're going through your day in your marriage, that you've got the law of the Lord going through your mind all of the time. Because you know what? When you've got the law of the Lord meditating and marinating in your heart and your mind, it's going to influence how you live. It's going to influence how you interact. It's going to motivate you to persevere and to love and to point people to Jesus. It's going to influence your actions. And what does it mean to meditate it on God's law in the nighttime? If you're anything like me, you are up sometimes in the night. If you're a young mother, you might be up nursing. You might be up helping some small child who had a, a nightmare or maybe with a cup of cold water, or maybe your husband snores, right? Or maybe you're up in the middle of the night wondering about a child or praying for a friend, right? And in the middle of the night, things can seem much larger than life, and the enemy comes, 
and he plants all manner of nightmarish things in our heads at night. And we need to be able to have the law of the Lord, the goodness of God to meditate on in the watches of the night. And the blessed man has the law of the Lord in his heart and in his mind, and he can meditate on it through the watches of the night, the goodness and the faithfulness and the loving kindness of the holy almighty God of the universe. So we've worked now down through, let's see, verse 2. We've only gotten through verse 2. Let's go on to verse 3. Here we have the contrast set up. So we have these three things that the blessed man doesn't do. Then we've got two things that he does do. And now here we have this contrast in verse 3. He says, the blessed man will be like, and I love this, the word of the Lord, the Bible, is a work of literature. It's high literature. There are so many literature, literary devices present in the Bible. It is so beautifully written. It's the word of God. It's just magnificent how it is laid out. No contradictions, only complimenting one story from beginning to end. Here we have a simile. It says, he will be like a tree. Like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Do you get this imagery? The blessed man, the righteous man, is like a firmly planted tree by a stream of water, who yields fruit in season, his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. This is a beautiful picture. That is the righteous. The righteous man is firmly planted by streams of living water. You'll remember over in the Gospel of John, the woman at the well. Jesus meets this woman at the well, and what does he offer her? Living water. He is the source of living water. And the righteous man, the blessed man, knows where to be firmly planted so that he is not thirsty. He's not thirsty because the ever-flowing living water is his source. And he's fruitful. He's fruitful. Why? Because he's firmly planted, right? And Because he's fruitful, others benefit. Others benefit from the righteous lives of those who follow hard after God. Others benefit. There's no selfishness here. A fruitful tree, many benefit. And whatever he does prospers. But then in verse 4, we have the wicked are not so. So in short, he gives this list of what? The righteous are, and he says, but not so the wicked. We can conclude from that that the wicked are not firmly planted. They are not fruitful. They are always thirsty, and they are not successful. Those are the characterizations of the wicked. And in fact, it goes on to say, the wicked are like chaff that the wind drives away. They're worthless. They have no substance. Some slight breeze carries them away. They have no anchor. No anchor. The righteous, the roots of the righteous tree 
firmly planted are holding him. He's rooted. He's anchored in the things of God. But he says in verse 4, the wicked are not so. They're like chaff, which the wind drives away. The wind drives away. Moving on to to verse 5, therefore, big word in scripture, therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment. Now, this phrase would be really easy to to just step over, but what really strikes me about this is the wicked will not stand in judgment because according to Philippians 2, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and below the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. In their arrogance, they will not be able to stand on that day. No, no. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And those sinners, it says, continuing in verse 5, the second half, they will not stand in the assembly of the righteous. In other words, they're not going to be able just to blend in. They're not going to be able to just sort of hope that they can just, you know, be in the crowd and it's going to be cool, right? No one will notice. Oh, no, 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 no. Because it says in verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. This is so assuring here. The psalmist says to us, no, 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 you need to know something. God knows. God knows. And he will not be fooled. And he will not be mocked. He knows the way of the righteous. And let me just say that as firmly planted as the righteous are by streams of living water, The righteous know storms. The righteous know trials. And God knows that. God sees. We don't need to doubt whether or not God gets it. We don't need to wonder if he's going to be able to discern between the righteous or the wicked. It says right here in verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And the way of the wicked will perish. Again, another contrast The psalmist makes it clear that the way of the righteous will prosper and the way of the wicked will perish. Again, right here, it is clearly laid out in this psalm, in Psalm 1. There is a choice to be made. There's not an option C. There's not a gray neutral zone that is safe. No, not at all. Not at all. And we see this in another place in the Bible, just to make the point of how clearly all of Scripture complements itself. I want to take you to the book of Joshua. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua took over the leadership of God's people, leading them into the promised land after the death of Moses. That's just a short catch-up synopsis of where we are. So we have Joshua, and I want to show you two scriptures, one at the beginning of the book of Joshua, when God is talking to Joshua as the new leader of his people, and then I want to take you to the end of the book of Joshua, when Joshua is talking to the people just before he himself dies. So we're going to look first in Joshua 1, When the Lord is speaking to Joshua, son of Nun, he says, Moses, my servant, is now dead. Therefore, arise, cross the Jordan, you and this people, to this land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. And he goes on and he assures God, assures Joshua over and over, 
Skipping down now to verse 5, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of this land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go that you may prosper. Do you hear it? That you may prosper. Now listen, this next verse directly relates to what we were just talking about in Psalm 1. Listen to this. God continues, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listener, I want you to know that. I want you to know that. You want to know how to live? Follow hard after God. Meditate on Him and the truth of His Word both day and night. And do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you. This is the charge that God gave Joshua when he was going to take the people into the promised land. Now, he does that. And you can read the book of Joshua and read all about their successes and their failures. And there are both in this book. They follow hard after God and really obey. And then they really don't. And you can read all of that. But I want to skip now to the end of the book of Joshua. In chapter 24, this passage will probably be familiar to you. It's quite popular. But let's read it. And it says, Joshua is speaking to the people. And he says, now, therefore, fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt. And serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, declared Joshua, We will serve the Lord. Listener, as we step into a brand new year, 2023, the same choice is before us. I don't know how your 2022 went. I don't know if you chose wisely or poorly. I don't know how difficult or challenging or glorious and wonderful that year was for you. I don't know what mistakes you've made or successes you've had. I don't know if if you have followed the way of the righteous or the wicked, but I know this, it's a new year. And you have a choice to follow hard after God, to be blessed, to follow hard after righteousness. And to prosper in his way. And I mean prosper as his child. I don't mean the health and wealth, just asking and treating God like he's your bellhop and he has to give you whatever you ask. That's not what we're talking about here. Not on this podcast. Here we're talking about the kind of prosper that means that we mature and we become more every day conformed into the image of his son. That is what the righteous do. They lean in 
the transformational power of the Holy Spirit, or they choose to follow the way of the wicked, which leads only to perishing. It is my prayer for you that you will choose to follow hard after God, that you will dig into his word and his truth, and that you will let it draw you to himself. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.